It's the Y'all Show on a Tuesday. Welcome back to the show that's all about the South with your host, John Rawl. And on today's Y'all program, we've got barbecue talk and grilling talk coming from the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Hermans. That is just around the old bin in hour two. You don't want to miss it. Plus, we'll get some Big 12 banter from Mr. Hermans as the big O-U-U-T game is this weekend at the State Fairgrounds in Dallas, Texas. That tradition they have where they play at the Cotton Bowl. That'll be going on this weekend. I'm going to get Matt's quick take on that, but also at the beginning of Hour 2, we're going to have our sports land yap, and we're going to actually listen in to a little bit of our sister show for Texas Longhorn fans, Longhorn Blitz. And the host of that show are high on the horns, and they should be. Texas is riding quite a win streak. They had back-to-back wins over top 25 foes USC and TCU. They beat Kansas State this past weekend on the road. And now they go to Dallas with the wind at their back. And we'll hear some of the enthusiasm coming from the 40 Acres and in Austin, Texas, when we listen to our sports lanyard in hour two. Plus, we'll talk about some of the other college football teams out there that need some love. How about the Tulane Green Wave getting a big win against Memphis in the Big Easy last weekend? And other small school information that we want to pass along. Plus, sadly, a football player from Tennessee State was severely injured in the game at Vanderbilt this past weekend. We'll have the latest that we know of on that front coming up in Hour 2 of today's Y'all Show. Plus, we'll mix in a little baseball talk. It is postseason time And we had a historic day yesterday in Major League Baseball. And some teams punched their championship for their divisions in the National League side of things. And we'll give you the latest on that with the wild card going on today. We'll have all that at an hour two of the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Here in hour one, political talk coming up. President Trump was in East Tennessee Monday night. He had a big rally in Johnson City on the campus of East Tennessee State University. And we've got some audio from the president at that as he was out campaigning for Marsha Blackburn and her bid to be the next U.S. senator for the volunteer state. But right now, the big eye in politics is on the midterm elections. And in the segment we've got coming up at the end of this hour, we're going to have our y'all politics segment. And we're going to look at President Trump and hear him speaking last night in East Tennessee. But we'll also go in and hear from a couple of like we said, the Democratic side of things, people going for president. We'll hear from an expert on that. Also, we want to tell you about what's going on in Tennessee. Besides Marsha Blackburn and Phil Bredesen's race for Senate, they've got a big race going on for governor in the state of Tennessee. And tonight there will be the first gubernatorial debate going on in Tennessee on the campus of the University of Memphis. We'll tell you more info on that. There's also a debate going on tonight in the Sunshine State between Governor Rick Scott, who's challenging Senator Bill Nelson for the Senate seat in the Sunshine State, and they're having a debate going on in Miramar, Florida tonight, and we'll tell you about that. Plus, a little bit of some breaking news from Mississippi, as there looks like there's going to be a formidable challenger coming from the Democratic side when they have the race for the governor of Mississippi in 2019. We'll tell you who that is in our political spotlight later this hour on the Y'all Show. Well, a soldier from Burke, Virginia, 
was honored Monday at the White House as he received the Congressional Medal of Honor for Heroic Action in Afghanistan. This is a former Army medic who received the nation's highest honor, and the President bestowed this award to former Staff Sergeant Ronald Schurer II at a ceremony at the White House where 250 people gathered to laud Schurer for his heroic actions in 2008 in a remote part of Afghanistan. He was a native of Fairbanks, Alaska, and was a senior medical sergeant in the Special Forces when on April 6, 2008, his team encountered machine gun and sniper fire and rocket-propelled grenades from militants and sure was able to stabilize one soldier then fought his way through a barrage of bullets and up a mountain to the lead members of the unit and there he was able to treat and stabilize four more soldiers and then helped evacuate them carrying and lowering the wounded down the steep mountainside of Afghanistan using his body to shield them from enemy fire and shrapnel and after he loaded the wounded in an evacuation helicopter he went back up to the mountain to help fight. And the president said, Ron was not done yet. He charged back to the mountain all the way up and rejoined the fight. For more than six hours, Ron bravely faced down the enemy. Not a single American died in that brutal battle, thanks in great measure to Ron's heroic efforts. And again, Schur lives in Burke, Virginia with his wife, Miranda, and sons, Cameron, age 10, and Tyler, age 7. And he received the Medal of Honor a ceremony Monday in Washington, D.C., and again, this was for his efforts in Afghanistan some 10 years ago when he served in the Army. Now, he's out of the Army now, and what a, a marvelous thing that he did to help and save his fellow soldiers. And I think I read somewhere that he, <laughs> he was first rejected by the military when he tried to enter years ago because of a medical condition. And he enlisted again a year after September 11, 2001, but he was accepted the second time he tried and then was promoted to staff sergeant in late 2006 before going to Afghanistan. So how, how about that? He was uh, turned down for service in the military, and then he goes on and wins the Medal of Honor, and now he's a Secret Service agent, I believe, working out of the D.C. area. Congratulations to this former U.S. Army Staff Sergeant Ronald Schurer II and the Medal of Honor. Brett Kavanaugh is still the talk of Washington, D.C. and political circles around the world as he's still trying to become the latest U.S. Supreme Court Justice and the Senate still weighing testimony from him. The FBI is looking into things. Well, the saga got a little bit soggier. <laughs> Monday night when an NC State history professor came out and said that he knew Brett Kavanaugh, they were classmates in college, and that as far as the background of the Supreme Court nominee, that they should consider that Kavanaugh had a drunken behavior, and they ha he had that when they were classmates at Yale. As this man spoke outside his home, Chad Ludington, in North Carolina Monday night, he said his conscience had been waking him up for the past four nights as he thought about the Kavanaugh hearing, and it was that it was that restlessness that prompted him to come forward. He said, quote, It was the sense that the truth was being distorted at Brett's dissembling. I think people should be honest, especially in the highest offices of the land. So that, of course, a little bit of a different twist to the saga. And Ludington told the Washington Post that when Kavanaugh drank, he was often aggressive. 
quote, when Brett got drunk, he was often belligerent. Anagraph says, on one of the last occasions I purposely socialized with Brett, I witnessed him respond to a semi-hostile remark, not by diffusing the situation, but by throwing his beer in the man's face and starting a fight that ended with one of our mutual friends in jail, he told the Washington Post. The New York Times report the cup was actually full of ice, not beer, according to a police report. So Brett Kavanaugh and the so-called classmates and friends from high school and college throwing a little fuel to the fire. I still don't think any of this is that damaging. No tangible evidence. And I think you're going to see him get through the committee and be appointed the next Supreme Court justice in a close vote, but it will likely happen. Now, I saw Lindsey Graham being interviewed on one of the Fox News shows last night, and he said that in case the vote is not there and Kavanaugh comes up a short short a, a vote or two, he thinks that will be kind of the measuring stick for the general election in November, and that election will be about not Trump but Kavanaugh, and he thinks that perhaps it will help lead to a Republican, I won't call it a landslide, but a big Republican win in November's election, and then whenever 2019 rolls around and there's new senators in office on the Hill in Washington, that Trump can renominate Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court, and this time he should be successful. If, if, of course, big if, this doesn't happen here in 2018. But they have a strategy in case things just don't work out for Brett Kavanaugh becoming the next Supreme Court. The Republicans it is. Now the Democrats, they have their own plan, and that is to keep him off the court. A Mississippi judge has declared a second mistrial on the Capitol murder case of a man accused of setting a woman fire back in 2014. Deadlock jurors in Batesville, Mississippi, said they couldn't reach a verdict, and Panola County Circuit Judge Gerald Chatham declared the mistrial Monday in the trial of Quentin Tellis after the jurors deliberated for two days. It's the second mistrial. A jury was unable to reach a verdict in Tellis's first trial in 2017. He was accused of setting Jessica Chambers on fire back in 2014. This is a case that's got a lot of national attention because Chambers was roughly 18, 19 years old when she was found on fire. I think they put fuel or something down her throat, set her on fire, and no one has been able to come forward with any real, real solid evidence. Thus, you have another mistrial in Batesville, Mississippi, in North Mississippi is where this was located in the death of December 2014 of 19-year-old Jessica Chambers. And the person accused of killing her gets a mistrial for the second time. So I assume they can't retry him again there in Mississippi. Linda Flaherty Goldsmith, the president of Birmingham Southern College in Birmingham, Alabama, announced money that she's going to step down immediately from the college due to health concerns. She's in a battle with cancer right now, and she'd already announced that she would be stepping down in the spring of 2019, but she's going to go ahead and leave her post immediately. She sent a letter out to Birmingham Southern College alumni saying that she had shared the news that she's leaving with the campus community, and she wanted to talk to them directly. She said that as her year was winding down, she had hoped she could continue, but the health Her health has been compromised by cancer and associated surgeries. And because of that, she's going to have to go to more doctor's appointments 
and such, and it's just not fair to the college and probably better for her health to not be ahead, the head person there in Birmingham at BSC. So a change coming to Birmingham Southern College, a prestigious school just on the west side of downtown Birmingham, not far from Legion Field. In Georgia, here's a weird story. The vice president of Atlanta Motor Speedway was arrested for allegedly being a peeping Tom. This happened in McDonough, Georgia, and members of a subdivision there were shocked to find out a man who had been peeping into a residence was someone they knew quite well. And it turns out that this man was Michael Bruner, VP of Atlanta Motor Speedway. Officers arrived to the subdivision on the 400 block of Wingfoot Drive in McDonough, and they noticed that they found a suspect standing on the side of a home peering through a window into a basement with a cell phone in his hand. And once the suspect became aware of police presence, he attempted to flee the scene by running down a golf cart path before falling to the ground. A struggle ensued as two officers struggled to place handcuffs on the suspect. Once arrested, he yelled, Y'all, I love that word, y'all are going to ruin my life. And the suspect turned out to be Bruner, who officers removed a black ski mask that he was wearing, and they discovered that it was him. According to the homeowner of the home that Bruner was looking into, allegedly, Bruner had been watching his 26-year-old daughter in her room, and she had just come from the shower. Bruner now faces multiple charges, including peeping Tom, criminal trespass, and obstruction of officers. And I'm sure the Atlanta Motor Speedway is missing a vice president from their lineup of executives. But that's just a guess. CHI St. Vincent Hospital in Hot Springs, Arkansas, has announced it is now one of the first hospitals in the state to offer the world's smallest pacemaker for patients with bradycardia. The microtranscatheter pacing system, TPS, is a new type of heart device and it's been improved for Medicare reimbursement, which provides patients with the most advanced pacing technology of one-tenth the size of a traditional pacemaker. The first procedure was performed by Dr. Svrindvas Bengala back on September 26 of 2018. By the way, bradycardia is a condition characterized by a slow or irregular heart rhythm, usually fewer than 60 beats per minute. And that's your medical watch. Not just kidding. That does kind of sound a little medical here on the Y'all Show. But hey, what about that? A, a tiny pacemaker being inserted. And they can do that at the CHI St. Vincent Hospital in Hot Springs. Hot Springs with a heritage of medical care and treatment because of the hot springs you find in that part of Arkansas. I'm not sure if they're using hot springs, hot springs. That's kind of funny. Hot springs, hot springs. But that's what it is. Hot springs that are in hot springs. I'm not sure if that has a factor into the recovery of someone getting some pacemaker work. But good news there. And lovely thing. I remember my grandfather had a pacemaker back in the early 80s and I remember him holding that thing up to a telephone. He have a phone up to his chest that may be still the way they monitor pacemakers I, I doubt it but i remember he would just sit there in his chair and just have that shirt unbuttoned and and one time i got to hold it up there which is kind of funny because my grandfather only had one arm so it was pretty neat to be with my old one-armed granddaddy also known as daddy 
and and have him do his pacemaker check-in and he didn't die of a heart he died of a stroke i guess that could be related to your heart i don't know he's 74 years old i guess you could call that a, a nice life at 74 but uh yeah good if you have a pacemaker or you're looking for one or you may need one hey hot springs arkansas more than just hot springs tiny pacemakers are on display there cbn the cable news channel known as the christian broadcasting network well they've got a new channel called the cbn news channel and it's going to be a 24-hour news network and it will be available all around the world and so you'll see this offered i guess on satellite but on certain systems around the country so another i guess you would call it conservative outlet with a religious perspective that's going to be offered and gordon robertson ceo of the christian broadcasting network announced all this and this is because the formal launch was yesterday in virginia beach virginia that's where CBN is located, but now going forward with a full-time news channel, CBN News Channel. And Gordon Robertson is the son of evangelist Pat Robertson, and so that name, of course, synonymous with CBN. So they've got news. I wonder how religious they'll actually be, but right now CBN News Channel is going to air on local television stations in 15 U.S. cities and it's going to produce original programming and commentary on everything from the power of prayer to Justin Bieber's faith and Christian persecution in the Middle East, Robertson said in the Monday press conference. So check it out. New option for television. And trust me, I don't know how well it's going to be, but with so many channels on satellite and cable and such, it is absolutely amazing that usually when you have a remote in your hand and you're looking for something to watch, it doesn't even have to be that good, just somewhat interesting. Usually you might find, you're lucky if you might find one thing to watch. That's at least my struggle. I guess I need to get into soccer, because that seems to be on all the time, or maybe some of these reality shows that I normally don't watch. Okay, I'm sounding like an old curmudgeon here on the Y'all Show. Hey, some good news coming from Victoria, Texas, In 2017, a man burnt down a mosque there, and now a federal jury has convicted that man, and he is facing what could be a 40-year prison term for his destruction of this mosque in Victoria, Texas. Well, since that happened, a million dollars plus of donations came in to help rebuild this mosque in Victoria, Texas. And this week, the Islamic Center of Victoria opened up once again and this is a new mosque where members of the faith that worships at mosque can go in and do their thing and so that's a good thing that uh, they got so many donations more than a million dollars i don't know what the cost of a mosque is these days but from what i know about mosque a lot of times they don't have a lot of rooms in them they're just kind of one big open room and the people come in and and bow down or or kneel down, I guess is the more appropriate term, toward Mecca, and they do this ritual, and it's a part of the religious observation. And in Victoria, Texas, as we've seen mosques pop up all over the place now, as we have Muslim neighbors and friends in the southeast, and in Victoria, Texas, they've got a new mosque 
that's shiny and beautiful and available for the people there to go worship. We've got more headlines from across the South coming your way. When we come back, we'll get into those. And want to remind you, before we get out of here this hour, we've got some political talk. As President Trump not only was in Tennessee yesterday, he'll be in Mississippi tonight. And we've got info on that coming up on The Y'all Show with John Rommel. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Are you putting your retirement savings in a 401k, IRA, or investment account? Then I have one word of advice. Stop. Many experts warn of a stock market crash any day now. And if it's anything like the last two crashes, you could lose 50% or more of your hard-earned savings in the Wall Street casino. Can you afford to lose half of your retirement savings again? Hey, you don't have to lose a penny because there's a better, safer way to save for retirement. And you can learn all about it in a free report. This is the report Wall Street and big banks desperately hope you never see. Why? Because this method continues to grow your money even when the market tumbles. It lets you take back control of your money and finances and it gives you penalty free access to your savings plus it beats the pants off any 401k or ira these are uncertain times so get the information you need today to guarantee your retirement security to get this free report go to bankonyourself.com right now that's bankonyourself.com bankonyourself.com Hey there, I'm a glue stick, so I have one job. I glue kids stuff. So sorry for being jealous of Geico, who does a ton more. Like give you 24-7 access to thousands of licensed agents. And Geico has been around for over 75 years and has a 97% customer satisfaction rating. While I've just got mediocre adhesive skills, Geico also has an award-winning mobile app. Uh-oh, arts and crafts time. No eating the glue stick, Miss Lydia. Geico, expect great savings and a whole lot more. Welcome back to Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent as we continue our headlines from the South. We want to remind you, you can always reach out to us here. Our Twitter account is at Y'all Show, and we're on Instagram, the Y'all Show. And, of course, our number to call or text is 803-816-1170. 803-816-1170. Well, news from the strange category is how we will describe this one. If you happen to be... On the Potomac River on Monday, uh, let's say kind of not far from George Washington's Mount Vernon, on that part of the Potomac, just 
downstream from Washington, D.C., you might have thought you might be drunk because all of a sudden on a barge hauling upstream was Air Force One, the president's plane, on a barge in the middle of the Potomac River. But you weren't drunk. It turns out it's a modified cargo plane that was constructed in Rhode Island and taken by barge to the Potomac, and it will go on display in the Washington area, and it's not the real Air Force One. It's a replica, but boy, it looks just like it, and and it, it just freaked me out when I saw Air Force One on a barge in the middle of the Potomac, which is a lovely place, especially right there you know, near Mount Vernon. If you've ever been to Mount Vernon and looked out over to Maryland across the river, just such a beautiful sight. You can understand how beautiful the country was in its early days. Not that it's not beautiful now, but with a huge area like Washington, D.C., literally two or three miles upstream, but right there at least, it is so pristine and looks like something out of the middle of the country and not in a big urban area like D.C. But yeah, this was hauled to the National Harbor and look for it to be on display soon, this Replica of Air Force One. Really had to turn some heads there in Washington, D.C. I'm sure Brett Kavanaugh might have thought he might be drinking again when he saw that one. As he says, he likes beer. And there's nothing wrong with drinking beer. It's perfectly legal. Just don't do it in excess. And, of course, don't do it and do dumb things like what he's accused of doing as a youngster. Or if you're an adult or young, don't do dumb things to will cause you to have grief whether it's legal problems or maybe come back to bite you in the butt like this has happened to him because he's up for a supreme court nomination you know i I think they should come get me i have nothing in my background that they're going to find on me that would hamper my bid to be a u.s supreme court justice so come on here's my number 803-816-1170 president trump i know you won't an Eagle Scout. And guess what? I am an Eagle Scout. <laughs> I heard him talking about Kavanaugh being like the perfect uh, what are the choir boy. Well, I was kind of in the church choir. We didn't really have a good youth choir at church. But we had a really good scout troop. And guess what? I'm an Eagle Scout. Trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. Yeehaw! Those are words we all should live by. But I'm proud to say... I'm in the old Boy Scouts, not the current Boy slash Girl Scouts. I'm extremely disappointed in what was a great organization for the bizarre leftist turn they've taken in the last year. I That's a story for another day. But at one time, no better organization could a kid be a part of than the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. And uh, I can't say that anymore about Boy Scouts. Girl Scouts holding their own, I guess. Boy Scouts have really let me down. I'm embarrassed by what they've done. Okay, to New Orleans. And this is not about President Trump. It's about a Trump-eter. You know, the people that play a trumpet, you know, musicians, of which they have a lot in New Orleans. Well, a New Orleans trumpeter and his partner spent nearly $180,000 on trips and entertainment over seven years. And it appears they may have broken state laws by using donations and grants for themselves and it's coming down on Irvin Mayfield and pianist Ronald Markham and they were part of the 
New Orleans Jazz Orchestra, and this was an orchestra that got donations, and these two partners are going to be going to trial next year on federal charges alleging they diverted $1.4 million raised for the New Orleans Public Library System to the Jazz Orchestra and themselves, and they pleaded not guilty. But, golly, that's a lot of money to go to a pianist and a jazz player off of grant money. I don't understand what, what it's for. But they are going to be singing a tune, playing a tune, I guess is more appropriate for them, to the court system in 2019. Bill Connor, I, I know Bill. He's a fellow Citadel alum, class of 1990, one of the leaders when I was at the Citadel back in the 1980s and 90s. Well, he served in the U.S. Army, in the infantry of the Army, during Afghanistan's fight 10 years ago. And he was a colonel there in Afghanistan. And while he was on duty, he got to know this guy who was kind of a special forces fella from Great Britain who had red hair and was sort of famous. And a friendship emerged between Connor and Prince Harry as they were in Helmand Province back in 2007. Well, Connor's been interviewed before. He lives in Orangeburg, South Carolina, and he's an attorney working in the Palmetto State. He actually ran for lieutenant governor of South Carolina about seven or eight years ago and lost that bid. Should have won. Frankly, it was a dirty deal done in the Palmetto State, but Bill Connor deserved to win, should have won, but he did not win. And so Connor has been interviewed before, but all of a sudden here in the last few days, reporters from Great Britain have shown up back in South Carolina to interview Connor about Prince Harry and talk about the time they had in Helmand Province. And Connor told the media that Harry was first and foremost a British cavalry officer and was a forward air controller, or in the U.S. military, a JTAC, Joint Terminal Attack Controller, responsible for calling in air and artillery strikes on the Taliban under his call sign, Widow 6-7. And Connor still serves in the reserve of the U.S. Army and is an Army officer and also works with other organizations in South Carolina. But yeah, his time serving with Prince Harry. I don't know if he got invited to the big wedding not long ago that the Prince had back in the springtime, I guess was when that was. But yeah. UK Press going to Orangeburg, South Carolina to interview Bill Connor, Colonel Bill Connor, who served with Prince Harry back in 2007 in Afghanistan. Got to give Harry credit. That was pretty cool that he risked his life. He could have taken the easy road, but as a royal, he, he, he took the hard road and went in an area where he could have been killed, captured. That would not have been a good thing. In Florida, a woman has been arrested because she allegedly cut a man's face with a kitchen knife, listen to this, after he refused to have sex with her. Where is that guy? How did he talk to that guy? Now, Catherine Nevis Tavares, age 27, is charged with aggravated battery with a deadly weapon after an incident in her Vero Beach, Florida apartment Thursday. And the police responded. They found a man standing in the doorway with his face covered in blood. He said, she hit me with a knife. I can't see. And he was later hospitalized to treat several cuts on his face. The arrest report states, and she, Tavares, was booked at the Indian River County Jail 
and held in a $15,000 bond. But yeah, not a woman claiming that a man attacked her. It's a man claiming a woman attacked him because he refused to have sex with her. And I guess they knew each other, but he wasn't willing to round the bases with her, if you know what I mean. And she pulls out a kitchen knife and, and goes on the offensive. Some other news coming from the state of Florida. SeaWorld Orlando has announced the grand opening of the park's Infinity Falls attraction. The water ride will open at noon on October the 4th, which is going to be Thursday of this week. So be in Florida at noon and you can see the opening of Infinity Falls. And that is a great ride where you're going to get wet. It's got roaring rapids, soaking fountains, and a record-setting 40-foot waterfall drop at Infinity Falls in Orlando, Florida at SeaWorld Orlando. Give SeaWorld some cred. Of course, they were in the public eye for the wrong reasons several years ago with a whale incident. But they've survived and still, I guess, have morphed into other attractions and people are going to SeaWorld and good for them, bringing jobs and bringing tourism money to Central Florida. Finally, the Atlanta Braves play at SunTrust Park, which is essentially the intersection of Interstate 75 and Interstate 285, the loop around Atlanta. Well, the Atlanta Braves, who are in the playoffs, they're National League East champs getting ready to have their first round action any second now. They need to rename the Braves to the Atlanta Cows and, and maybe Atlanta Cowboys. And here's the reason. Right there at the intersection of I-75 and I-285 earlier this week, at 3 in the morning, a truck carrying 89 cows overturned at this cloverleaf intersection, and the cows scattered all over the area on the interstate, roadsides, away, caused wrecks. It happened in, in the early morning hours of rush our traffic and G dot had to go out there and help round up these cows and as of last night 87 of the 89 cows had been accounted for 10 cows were killed two were still missing right there outside of SunTrust Park in Atlanta at the intersection of I-75 and I-285 be careful if you're coming down from Chattanooga or Marietta into downtown Atlanta we'll look out for some roaming cows who knows, those things may have already got to Texas by now if they're on the giddy-up. But be careful. And cows, of course, used to be all over southern rail roadsides and railroads and such. That's why they have cattle guards on trains still to this day for animals and stuff that might be on a railroad. But, of course, in the old days, they had open grazing where in many southern states there were no laws where you had to keep cattle in a fence. They could just roam freely. And that's still the case, I think, in parts of Texas, maybe other southern, maybe western states, not that I know of in the south anymore. And that's what's going on with the south. Hey, cows, politics, we, we covered it all, did we not? Here on the Y'all Show, even Air Force One on a barge. How about that? Well, we're not done. Speaking of Air Force One, President Trump flew the real Air Force One to Johnson City, Tennessee last night. And we're going to hear a little bit of the president's speech to a raucous crowd at ETSU, and we've got some news on debates happening tonight in the state of Tennessee as well as Florida. Much, much more coming up here on the Y'all Show with John Rohl. 
Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Clear your calendars because the best time to discover your best hair is here. The Gorgeous Hair Event is back at Ulta Beauty. It's three weeks of daily beauty steals of up to 50% off the most loved brands like Redken, Living Proof, and Dry Bar. Check out deep conditioning masks for a frizz-free fall, flat irons for silky locks that never stop, and color boosters to keep you vibrant all season. But hurry in. The event ends October 20th. Only at Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. This is the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent with your host, John Rawl. And we like to talk politics on the Y'all Show. So if you like that, here you go. We've got lots of exciting political stuff going on in the Southland right now as everybody's gearing up for the big general election in early November. Well, President Trump got on Air Force One Monday and flew all the way to East Tennessee. He had a rally in Johnson City on the campus of East Tennessee State University. He also had a fundraiser he attended while in East Tennessee. And we're going to go now and hear a portion of the president talking. He was there primarily to help out Marsha Blackburn in her bid to become U.S. Senator. She's trying to fill the seat of Bob Corker, who's leaving office. And she's in a very, very tough battle with Phil Bredesen, the former governor of Tennessee. In fact, I saw one poll where they are ex- tied like at 46.5%, both of them, that same exact number in one poll. So it's a very close race. Thus, the president went to East Tennessee State University and and had a a rally in an area that was very supportive of the president. And here is the president talking about Marsha Blackburn 
and why Tennesseans need to come out in a couple of weeks and support her. So I just want to thank Marsha Blackburn. And I will tell you, she's all about Tennessee values. That's the one. She's got Tennessee values. A vote for Marsha is really a vote for me and everything that we stand for. It's a vote for Make America Great Again. That's what it is. President Trump talking about Marsha Blackburn, who's a congresswoman from the Nashville area, and she's running for U.S. Senate for Tennessee on the Republican side, running against Phil Bredesen, former mayor of Nashville, former governor of the state of Tennessee, in a very close race. And the president going into East Tennessee Monday to campaign for Blackburn. Now, other highlights from the speech at ETSU, including him criticizing those who were coming after Brett Kavanaugh and his bid to be U.S. Supreme Court Justice. Also, the president took a stab at Connecticut Senator Richard Blumenthal, and he called him, uh, you have the great Vietnam War hero who didn't go to Vietnam, Blumenthal, Trump said. And he called him Da Nang Blumenthal. Da Nang, of course, a, a part of Vietnam that a lot of soldiers were stationed in back in the 1960s. It turns out Blumenthal never went to Vietnam and essentially lied about his service before being elected senator in, in Connecticut. But yeah, President Trump doing what he loves to do, get in front of the masses and talk politics and more. In fact, the president will be back in Dixie today. He'll be in South Haven, Mississippi, just 15 miles south of the city of Memphis, Tennessee. And he'll have a rally at the DeSoto Civic Center where he's coming to Mississippi to support the current senator, Senator Smith, Cindy Smith of Mississippi. And she is in a race in November against not only a Democrat, but she's got a very conservative Republican in a jungle primary taking place in the Magnolia State, of which if no one gets 50%, there'll be another election later in November where the top two will face off against each other. But the president has fully got behind Cindy Smith, the former agriculture superintendent in Mississippi who was taking over for Thad Cochran after Cochran left office earlier this year because of health reasons. Governor Phil Bryant in Mississippi appointed Smith to become his replacement. But she's got to run again in this particular election in November, and it's going to be a very tough, tough race in Mississippi. In fact, some people think that the Democrat ESPY has a very good chance to be elected. How about that? A Democratic senator from the state of Mississippi, and he would become the first black senator from Mississippi since Reconstruction. In Tennessee, the Republican gubernatorial candidate Bill Lee has said that his company, which is a kind of an AC, uh, air conditioning, heating company, very successful, the Lee Company, they're no longer going to have a contract with the state of Tennessee. That had been a point of contention for this candidate and his Middle Tennessee-based company based out of Franklin. And he says that they're going to stop their contracts with the state of Tennessee and those contracts that directly benefited a private business following the August primary that the decision was made. So his HVAC company and plumbing company, I think, also had 21 vendors involved in the estimated $7.25 million maintenance contract with Tennessee. And he's letting that go. That's a lot of money. But Lee has done quite well as a business person. I think he'll be just fine. Speaking of Lee, he will be in the Bluff City of Memphis tonight. There is a debate going on between Lee 
and the Democratic nominee, Carl Dean, and this will be taking place on the campus of the University of Memphis and WMC Television in Memphis, Joe Birch and Kanji Anthony will be the moderators of this event taking place at the U of M. It starts at 6 p.m. at Rose Theater on the U of M campus. So the first debate between the gubernatorial candidates in the state of Tennessee, Bill Lee and Carl Dean. Now in Florida, there's a debate going on there tonight as well, and this will be between Senator Bill Nelson and his Republican challenger, the current governor of the state of Florida, Rick Scott. And they are having a debate at Telemundo Channel 51 in Miramar, Florida. It's an hour-long debate, and it's only going to be televised in a certain number of cities. And Telemundo is actually the ones producing this thing. So I got a feeling Spanish will be a large part of this particular debate. I, I can't guarantee it, and I don't know if Nelson and Scott are both fluent in Spanish or can kind of get by with a few words. But, yeah, that's going to be a major part since Telemundo is the one hosting this at their studio, and a reporter for that network will be one of the moderators of this debate going on tonight in Florida between Nelson and Scott. And finally, as we told you, President Trump will be in Mississippi today. Well, it looks like Mississippi is going to have a formidable challenger for governor in 2019. Jim Hood has been the attorney general in the state of Mississippi for gosh, 20 years. He took the state office. Okay, it's been 15 years. He took the state office of attorney general back in 2003, and he issued a statement Monday that he will announce his candidacy for governor in his hometown of Houston, Mississippi, tomorrow. And he's changed his Twitter handle to Hood for Governor, at Hood for Governor. And so I think that's kind of obvious that Jim Hood running for governor. Now, Phil Bryant, is not running for re-election as he's term limited out in 2019. And there's several potential Republicans expected to be on that side of the ticket, including the current Lieutenant Governor Tate Reeves, expected to run for governor in 2019. But Jim Hood is a guy that has successfully won the elected position of Attorney General in Mississippi for four terms, and now he's looking to run for governor and could be a major, major, I guess, upset, although not really since he does have the recognition in Mississippi. But uh, for that state to have a Democratic governor would be pretty unheard of. But he's so far he's got more experience and, and more recognition than anybody that, at least on the Republican side, has announced thus far. So that's news coming from Mississippi, politically speaking. And again, President Trump in South Haven, Tonight, we'll have audio from the president's rally in North Mississippi on the Wednesday Y'all Show. And that concludes our surfing around the political climate of the Southeast on today's Y'all Show. When we come back in hour two, we're going to start it off with a little sports lanyard. we got some Major League Baseball info to pass along, college football news and notes. We'll take a look at the group of five schools and some of the FCS action from this past weekend. And then we'll have the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue join us, Matt Hermans, with a grilling report. And I know he's got some great barbecue spots picked out that we all need to put on our radar and check out real, real soon. That's all ahead in hour two of today's Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl. We'll be right back.
As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Are you putting your retirement savings in a 401k, IRA, or investment account? Then I have one word of advice. Stop. Many experts warn of a stock market crash any day now. And if it's anything like the last two crashes, you could lose 50% or more of your hard-earned savings in the Wall Street casino. Can you afford to lose half of your retirement savings again? Hey, you don't have to lose a penny because there's a better, safer way to save for retirement. And you can learn all about it in a free report. This is the report Wall Street and big banks desperately hope you never see. Why? Because this method continues to grow your money even when the market tumbles. It lets you you take back control of your money and finances and it gives you penalty free access to your savings plus it beats the pants off any 401k or ira these are uncertain times so get the information you need today to guarantee your retirement security to get this free report go to bankonyourself.com right now that's bankonyourself.com bankonyourself.com this here is the story of Lawrence, who always wanted to play pro football. His parents supported his love of the game, sent him to special camps, and then in college, pro scouts came to a bunch of games where Lawrence was playing the trumpet at halftime. Yeah, Lawrence was never that good at football, gave up by the time he got to college. But he also learned how Geico could save him a lot of money on car insurance, so he switched and saved. So this here story has a happy ending after all. The second half of the Y'all Show for a Tuesday is firing up right now. Welcome into this all-Southern show with your host, John Rawl. And in just a few seconds, we've got the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue coming at you with a full report. We're going to talk some grilling. I bet you he knows what to do with a pumpkin. Now that it's October, there's probably something a barbecue grill and a pumpkin have in common and we'll get the barrister to talk about that when we talk to him in just a few minutes. Also, we're going to get him to explore the Southland, and he's going to pick a state in Dixie to spotlight, and he'll have a couple of places for us to go travel to and check out the barbecue cuisine in that particular state when we visit with him later in the hour. Plus, I know he's got something to say about Big 12 football. And speaking of Big 12 football, in just a few minutes here on the show, we're going to talk about the Texas Longhorns, who have a big Red River rivalry shootout, whatever it's called these days, in Dallas against Oklahoma this weekend. And the Horns are rising, and they are doing well. We have a show on the network here called Longhorn Blitz, and we're going to go listen to a little portion of the guys talking about Tom Herman's much-improved Texas Longhorn team. That's coming up in just a few seconds here on the program. But let's first start off what we call sports lanyap, and we'll start with a little baseball talk. What a what a historic day yesterday was in Major League Baseball. You had two different games going on that were technically considered regular season games. They were the 163rd game of the year for four teams because they hadn't decided who the 
division winner was. So they had to play a game in both Chicago and Los Angeles. And the results were the Milwaukee Brewers captured the National League Central after they knocked off the Cubs. And then in L.A., the Dodgers took care of business against the Colorado Rockies. And L.A. has now won the National League West crown six years in a row. And so we now, as a result of what happened Monday, know who the division champs are and who the wild card teams are. So, in the National League, the Cubs, who lost on Monday, well, they still have life left in them. And today, the Cubs are hosting the Colorado Rockies. This is going to be a first pitch of 7 p.m. at Wrigley Field. And the Cubs and the Rockies face off in the wild card winner-take-all game. So, this could be the start of something new and great for Cubs fans. Or it could be the end of your season tonight. So, that's what's going on at Wrigley Field. And then the American League wildcard game is tomorrow, and that's another 7 o'clock Central, 8 Eastern start, and that features the New York Yankees against the Oakland A's. So you've got your wildcard game set up, and then Thursday, your first round action of the actual playoffs, I guess you would call it, not wildcard, but the Dodgers, who won the West, are hosting the NL East champ Atlanta Braves. So the winner of the National League wild card will then go on and face the Milwaukee Brewers who have home field advantage in the National League. The Boston Red Sox have home field advantage on the American side of the ledger. So you got all of that going on, of course, also in American League action. You've got the Cleveland Indians that won the AL Central, and the Cleveland Indians will be taking on the Houston Astros in Houston starting on Friday. So we are into postseason baseball, you know, that Reggie Jackson nickname, Mr. October. Well, it fits because we are in that month right now, and it is time for some Major League Baseball. But very historic on Monday to have two different extra games going on on the schedule to determine division winners. And I'm sure some of you go back to memories where they had to have that extra game to decide the pennant. Well, not quite that dramatic now with the different divisions and wild card winners. But still, if you're a baseball fan, this is like the Super Bowl going on right now, even though it's the World Series and the World Series was before the Super Bowl. But I think the Super Bowl has arguably taken over for a a prominent standpoint in the world of sports. Moving over to college football, remember Mike DeBose, the former head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide back in the 1990s? Well, the head coach was injured this week when he accidentally shot himself in the stomach while working on his farm in Covington County, Alabama. He was transported to a hospital there with non-life-threatening injuries, but he was able to drive himself to the hospital in Op, Alabama, in South Alabama, and then had to be airlifted about an hour away to the Southeast Medical Center in Dothan, and he's now 65 years old. And he played for Bear Bryant at Alabama in the early 1970s and went on to coach Alabama from 1997 to 2000 and was 24-23, and 23, won the SEC title in 1999 at Alabama, but ended up getting uh, sent out of Tuscaloosa after a third losing season in four years and an NCAA investigation was going on as well. And he actually had been a head coach in recent years at Millsaps College coaching the Millsaps Majors in Jackson, Mississippi, 
coached there on the Division three level for a while and had been at some high schools and stuff. But he, it looks like it's going to be okay. But Mike DeBose is accidentally shooting himself in the stomach in Covington County, Alabama. Trevor Lawrence, the Clemson quarterback, was back at practice for the Clemson Tigers on Monday. Of course, he was injured during the game Saturday against Syracuse and had to go off the sideline, and a a third-string quarterback came in and ultimately helped lead the Tigers to a victory over Syracuse, a comeback victory in the closing minute, actually. But Lawrence went through concussion protocol after he was hit hard during the game on Saturday against the Orangemen. But he's back at practice and Coach Sweeney said, a former Alabama Crimson Tide player. I think he was on the staff of Mike DeBose, actually. He said that uh, that Lawrence's neck's not quite as sore as it was over the weekend. Everything's checked out okay, but he looked good. So if you're a Clemson fan, good news to know that your number two quarterback is back up and going. Of course, the number one quarterback, as we said last week, Kelly Bryant has transferred out of Clemson because he wasn't getting enough playing time and was kind of usurped by Lawrence in the starting lineup. This is something that is just very disturbing to me that A, this injury happened, but B, the NCAA and their infinite wisdom causing headaches to a family that is going through so much pain right now. If you happen to see the game over the weekend between Tennessee State and Vanderbilt, there was a player named Christian Abercrombie who suffered a life-threatening injury during the game and had to be taken to a nearby hospital and he's had emergency surgery for a head injury and has been in critical condition and our prayers go out to the Abercrombie family and we wish this TSU linebacker all the best as his team nearly pulled out the upset win over Vanderbilt this past weekend but he remains hospitalized and what happened was people started raising money through GoFundMe to help out the medical expenses for Christian Abercrombie, and two GoFundMe pages were created. A lot of money came in, and now the NCAA has told Tennessee State University that any unauthorized fundraising efforts could put Abercrombie's future eligibility in question, and the pages were reportedly shut down at the request of Tennessee State. So they don't want to get him in trouble with the NCAA, but this is a kid that literally is fighting for his life right now. Who cares about his eligibility? I say if you're the family or the university, get as much money as you can because it's going to be a very expensive remedy for Abercrombie. And that's if he lives, and we hope he does. I mean, this is very critical. He had a a very disturbing hit in this game against Vandy, and we wish him all the best. Football is a violent game, but it was relayed by Tennessee State coach Rod Reed that the play in which Abercrombie was hurt in wasn't dirty. It was just an unfortunate situation. Abercrombie is from Atlanta, and he has made 11 tackles in 11 games during his career. We wish him again the best, and hopefully he'll be out of the hospital, perhaps play football once again. If not, at least let's get his medical expenses paid for and, and you know try to do the right thing here. Looking at the AP poll, our southern teams of note, in the latest AP standings, Alabama, of course, number one. Georgia's at two. Clemson's at four. LSU comes in at number five in the latest AP poll. Oklahoma checks in at seven. They dropped down a spot. Notre Dame moved up two after their big win against Stanford. Auburn moved up two to number eight. West Virginia, big win at Texas Tech over the weekend. They check in at number nine. You've got the Knights of UCF 
at number 12. They moved up a spot. Kentucky moved up four spots this week with their big win over South Carolina. The Cats are at 13. They got a trip to Texas A&M this weekend. The Miami Hurricanes dropped down a spot even though they won. They are at 17. Those Texas Longhorns are number 19 in the country. The Florida Gators, well, they appeared in the poll at number 22. NC State in the poll for the first time this year. The Pack's at 23. Virginia Tech came in at 24 after they had a good win over the weekend. And Oklahoma State got back to its winning ways with a win at Kansas over the weekend. And the Cowboys are at 25. And as we talk about Big 12 football with the Cowboys, this weekend you got the big game in Dallas between Texas and Oklahoma. And we do a show here at CRM Sports slash Y'all Show called Longhorn Blitz. And this is a show hosted by former Texas and NFL player Rod Babers. And Rod, since his retirement from NFL football, has been an Austin sports radio personality. And he hosts Longhorn Blitz on a weekly basis. And we syndicate it here at the Y'all Show. And Rod is joined on this program by Jeff Howe of 247sports.com. And he also has Matt Butler, another sports guy in the Austin area, as a part of the broadcast. And here is what they have to say. These Texas diehards are saying about Texas football, which has seen quite a resurgence. As we said, right now the Horns, number 19 in the country, and they've got their rival coming to Dallas this week. Here's what these guys have to say about UT. Yeah, you can tell that it's different. The defense definitely has found their they found their identity. They definitely have found their swagger. Offensively, I'm just you, you're starting to see some guys really step up and become consistent playmakers. That's Lil Jordan Humphrey, Colin Johnson, and most importantly, Sam Ellinger is becoming one of those consistent playmakers. I thought they would need Sam Ellinger as the dual threat guy, the runner, bam bam Sam to win the game. That wasn't the case. Actually, ironically, and even Gary Patterson talked about this and people thought it was a slight, and he said they have a running back playing the quarterback position. I think he meant that as that's mm-hmm. just more uh, of a threat that he is as the as the quarterback yeah. slash running back back quarterback there in the backfield, running back. right? Because he's so physical. But Sam beat TCU's defense as a passer, yep. as a pocket passer. I think the, the play that epitomizes the growth is the the, the little Jordan Humphrey touchdown to seal it, where you know he's back there in the pocket, he's got a little time, and then he looks like, oh no, I'm about to run this thing, and he kind of puts his head down. And miraculously, like he hears some coaching, like just uh, mm-hmm. like whispers in his brain. He keeps he puts his eyes up. He puts his head up. He puts he puts his head up, and he keeps his eyes up. And he decides, no, no, I got time. Actually, this offensive line has has given me a little bit more time. That's it. And he delivers a strike. And it was almost his moment where he decides to trust the old line and trust that pocket. And maybe that's what Tom Herman and the staff have been trying to get him to do more: is be that guy in the pocket. We know you can run and be the threat uh, as a rusher, and you can hurt teams that way that's that's you as a natural football player we know that Sam Ellinger can do that now we're trying to evolve you into being a a great quarterback that means you got to be able to hurt people from the pocket that's what he did in the TCU game and that's a little listen of Longhorn Blitz our sister show here at the y'all show you can go to crmsports.com and get linked to that show's entirety and a new episode coming this week as the horns get ready to take on the Sooners in Dallas on Saturday that's an 11 o'clock central time kick there outside of the fairgrounds in Dallas. Quickly before we go to break, FCS football to tell you about. James Madison continues to shine. They're number two in the latest FCS coaches poll. The Owls of Kennesaw State. Man, they are being, they're off to a great season. Four and one right now. And they got Presbyterian College coming to Kennesaw this weekend. Walford, the Terriers are number six in the latest FCS poll. 
The Jacksonville State Gamecocks come in at number eight. The Elon Phoenix are number nine. They are at James Madison this weekend. So you got a top ten matchup in the CAA. McNeese State, they are number ten in the latest poll. The North Carolina A&T Aggies are at number 11, followed by the Nickel State Colonels. Sam Houston State, 2-2. Two and two. They had a big win over Central Arkansas this past weekend in Huntsville, Texas. UCA, which fell to Sam Houston State, they are at number 18 in the latest poll. They're hosting Houston Baptist this weekend. And the Towson Tigers, which defeated the Citadel this past weekend, 44-27, they come in at number 24, moving up one spot in the latest FCS Coaches Poll. Well, that's a look at what's going on in our sports land yet. When we come back, we've got Matt Hearman's barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. He's ready to file his report for the week. That's ahead on the Y'all Show with John Raw. Hey there, I'm a glue stick, so I have one job. I glue kid stuff. So sorry for being jealous of Geico, who does a ton more. Like give you 24-7 access to thousands of licensed agents. And Geico has been around for over 75 years and has a 97% customer satisfaction rating. While I've just got mediocre adhesive skills, Geico also has an award-winning mobile app. Uh-oh, arts and crafts time. No eating the glue stick, Miss Lydia. Geico, expect great savings and a whole lot more. We got 24 tall boys on the chill. Yeah, 14 of them's mine. A little Marshall Tucker on the radio. The Y'all Show continuing on on this Tuesday, the second day of October, with your host, John Rawl. And we've got the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue lined up and coming at you right now on the program. Hello, barrister. Welcome into the program, Mr. Matt Hearmans. Mr. Rawl, happy to talk to you. How are you? I'm good. Happy October to you, sir. I love October. It's my favorite uh, month in the, along the Gulf Coast in the South. What about you? No, it's not my favorite month. It signals that it's going to get really cold, and I don't like that. I like warm, <laughs> hot weather. That's why I live in the South, yeah. Matt. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't like December or January, but... Me and October are buddies. We like, I like the I like the 70s we get down here. Well, I like I like I like I like normal weather. I don't necessarily like 100 degree weather, and I don't like right. zero degree weather. 70, a nice room temp, right. I can handle that. Now, of course, October also has the second worst holiday of the year in it, and that would be Halloween. I don't like that. You know what the worst holiday of the year is? I don't know, man. You threw me off with Halloween. I kind of like it. Well, hold on. Valentine's Day. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> we we, yeah. we need to get rid of that holiday. I'm tired of taking that day off every year, Valentine's Day. I'm just kidding. I know it's not a, a national holiday, but it sure seems that way. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I, I, my buddy told me years ago, he said, you know, let's just change it from Valentine's Day to the St. Valentine's Day Massacre Day in Chicago <laughs> and, uh. Yeah, that's not exactly romantic, but it was kind of funny. No, that is very good. Hey, let's talk a little football before we move over to uh, what you uh, specialize in, but you're a pretty good expert on Big 12 football. And in the previous segment, Matt, we had our sports land yap, and we mentioned how good 
the Texas Longhorns are doing, and the big Red River Red River rivalry is going on this weekend, or shootout, or whatever they call it these days, between OU right. and Texas. And we heard from the host of our sister show for Texas Longhorn fans, Longhorn Blitz. Hey, are you buying or selling Texas? Well, um, I don't know yet. Is that a is that a kind of a lame answer? I'm oh sure. man, here's why. I, I, here's why. Okay, here's okay. here's why. Here's why. I've got an explanation. So Kansas State, uh, they did not look uh, terribly hot uh, against Kansas State. Have they Kansas looked? State have they looked terribly hot all year? K State, that is. Right. Well, they did not. Well, yeah. So K State is not a not a good team, in my opinion. Now, here's the thing: they do have. Texas number. They just do. They have, It's one of these matchups where, you know, it doesn't really matter how good Texas is or how bad K-State is. They just feel like they can beat Texas every year. A lot of times they do. Mm-hmm. But so that's kind of a difficult measuring stick. TCU is an unknown still, in my opinion. That was a good win, I think, for Texas. Um, you know, so I think Texas is definitely better. Look, Texas is a lot better than the team that lost to Maryland. Put it that way. I do okay. not think Texas would lose to Maryland. I think Sam Ellinger is kind of coming into his own. He's more of a, uh, you wouldn't think of it Think of it when you look at him. He's more of a scrambler and making things happen off the run-pass option type quarterback than what they were trying to do earlier in the year. And I think, uh, I think they're starting to figure that out. I think Tom Herman's got a handle on that. So I think Texas is definitely improving. I don't think that Texas will uh, will challenge Oklahoma. Um, I don't think they're, they're that good, but um, Tom Herman's a heck of a coach, and they've improved every week, in my opinion. Like I say, the Kansas State game is a little bit of an aberration. That's a weird series, but um, I think Oklahoma wins by you know seventeen or twenty. Really? I think, uh, I think Texas is, is is improving. Yeah, I think Oklahoma is the playoff team at this point, in my opinion. Wow, I thought West Virginia might be a playoff team the way they played lately. Yeah, well, West Virginia looked great. They went to Lubbock and uh, they got out to a twenty-one-zero lead, and then uh, Red Raiders were coming back with a chance to tie it in the fourth quarter. And the young quarterback who, who backed up Alan Bowman, who got hurt, came in and threw a bad, threw a bad interception. So, But that's a tough place to win, so I think that's a good win for West Virginia. Yeah. So they're pretty good, too. Yeah. Does OU go to WVU this year? Yeah, I believe OU goes to Morgantown, John. Okay. All right. Well, that's going to be maybe the game of the year in the Big 12, maybe in all of college football, as those two teams are on a – on a collision course and give the Big 12 credit, every team plays each other in that conference. So that uh, right. they, they, as they say, settle it on the field. However, they've got a conference championship game now, right? It doesn't make right. So <laughs> I love, um, with the issues the Big 12 has, I love the idea that every year's around Robin, every team plays every team. There's no arguing about who would have done what or who would have done this. But you add a championship game in for the benefit of the, the playoff committee, and then it goes <laughs> – then you basically you run the risk of having uh, basically a, uh, a rematch of the uh, of the top two teams for no reason. I mean, it's uh, I understand why they did it because a championship game gives you gives you weight with the playoff committee, but practically and like rationally, it doesn't make any sense because everybody's already played everybody, so that's kind of goofy. But uh, yeah, we'll see how that plays out. Now, have they kind of settled on a? home for the Big 12 championship game? Uh, yeah, it's Jerry World. Okay. Or uh, AT&T, uh, basically. Okay. Uh, they've, done it in Kansas. they've done it in Kansas City in the past, but uh, I think pretty much it's going to be in Dallas. You, you've, if you've watched any college football over the last 
couple of years, which I know you have, Jerry Jones gets his he gets his money worth money's worth. There are a lot of college football games played in that stadium. Yeah, and he's smart. He usually does it on the eve of a Dallas Cowboys home football game. So he he right. hopes those fans stick around and not that the Cowboys need any people filling seats in Arlington. But he he knows what he's doing there. And what a, what a good we mentioned the Texas OU game. What a a great week for college football fans in the Metroplex because you saw last weekend Texas A&M and Arkansas play in Jerry World, and now less than a week later or a week later you've got the big game between Texas and OU in Dallas. So some yep. really big college football games. By the way, I got to ask you, Matt, the fair in Texas at Dallas is that something? I'm sure that most likely, like most places that have fairs, it's kind of lost its luster through the years. But we know about this fair because it's right across from Cotton Bowl Stadium in Dallas. Is that fair worth yeah. going to? Do you know? It is. I've been growing up. We went all the time. The last time I was there was actually 10 years ago. It's still a huge, huge deal. Okay. Um, it's, it's changed over the years. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a big fair. I mean, it's, it's hard to even imagine it's a fair. It's essentially right outside of downtown Dallas in an urban setting. But it's pretty – it's a cool place to go. I mean, okay. you eat a, bunch of fried, eat a bunch of fried fair food. And <laughs> they have a car show and animal shows. And they have actually have rides and stuff. I mean, it's – if you don't mind, it's a, it's a pain in the rear end to get down there and get to it. But it's still a big deal. A okay. lot of people go. Well, I don't claim to be an expert on the Lone Star State, but I've never heard of any fair in Houston. I've always heard about this one in Dallas. Does Houston try to have a big fair? Houston has the rodeo. Oh, okay. The rodeo is uh, a two, two-and-a-half, three-week event. It's not really a fair, but it kind of is. It's basically on the grounds of the Houston Texans NRG Stadium. Okay. It's not the State Fair of Texas. It's not the same thing. It's not nearly the kind of deal that is. But they do a bunch of concerts and okay. uh, have all kinds of stuff. The neat thing about the rodeo, it's always in like February or March or something like that, right? Right, exactly. And it's in a time of year you're not used to having something that cool going on, and that's what makes yeah. it pretty special. And they have, mostly it's indoors. If, if They still have some stuff at the Astrodome? Uh, not at the Astrodome, okay. but all the old buildings around the Astrodome house stuff. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a fun thing. I mean, it's Again, it's uh, very difficult to, to get into the place. Parking is horrendous over there. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it coincides with Mardi Gras. Uh, so, yeah, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's fun. It can be fun. All right. When Matt Hermans goes to a non-football event, let's say like a rodeo or a fair, and you want to tailgate, I assume you can tailgate at non-football-related events, What's different for you tailgating for something like that compared to a gridiron contest? Well, the, I guess the short answer is nothing. Um, okay. I, I do it. The, I do it the same way. I do it the same way. I gotta have the grill out there. I gotta have my tent out there. I gotta have a cooler of uh, uh, cold uh, liquid refreshment. I've got to. I gotta have some music, maybe for some ambiance, some chairs. Uh, the only difference would be probably. Uh, you know, no playing any fight songs and no uh, no, no trash talking. Yeah, yeah, no mouthing at the other folks coming by, and uh, not that I do a whole lot of that anyway. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, if I'm going to be out there, if I'm going to be in a parking lot or in a field or anything, I've got to have my nice setup. All right. Well, we've got in our game leading into Labor Day, the opening weekend, we got your full 
dose of info on how to grill in a parking lot like at NRG Stadium where there's no wind barriers or anything like that because we don't want right. you to set the whole place on fire if we can help it. No, no, absolutely not. Yeah, you just got to, uh, we talked about a little bit about the precautions before. You got to park your truck to block the wind, keep the keep a safe distance for the grill, um, and uh, you should be good to go. Just make sure you're, you've got the idea that wherever the wind's coming from, that side of the, the grill, specifically if you're using a, a gas grill, but a charcoal will also react the same way. It's going to be cooler. If you're cooking steaks or burger on one side where you got the wind whipping through there, you're going to need to flip them around to the other side. You're going to have what we call a cold spot. So once you can get it, you can get lit up, you can get the wind blocked just a little bit, uh, then you'll be good to go. Matt, I have to ask you, since you're such a lover of the month of October, when I think of October, and like most people probably, they think of things like pumpkins. So my question to yep. you is, is there something you would do with a pumpkin that would be applicable to the world of grilling? Well, can I, I would, uh, I would maybe get away from, uh, well, I will say something similar to a pumpkin. I've never done anything with pumpkins. The only thing I've ever done is the guts of it. I've smoked uh, pumpkin seeds. I know a lot of people that probably okay. uh, done those in the oven. I, I, lo I like pumpkin seeds quite a bit and a little oil on them, a salt and pepper, whatever seasoning you like. What kind of oil? Uh, you want a, you want an oil that's not going to burn. I know a lot of people would, uh, unless you cook at a low temperature. So um, this is kind of a, a specific thing. But, yeah, if you, if you use olive oil, you don't want to cook over 350 degrees. It'll burn and it'll create uh, – it makes it unhealthy. So um, I like I like to get a little higher toast on it. So I would use, I would cook at uh, 400, 425 for a few minutes. I'd use an avocado oil or a, uh, a peanut oil or, you know, something uh, – uh, canola oil; those are oils that don't burn at high temperature. Hmm. Um, so that 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 just makes a difference. So pumpkin seeds. What in the so, world? So what? pumpkin seeds. Yeah. yeah. So so I've done them on the. Uh, I've put them on the the smoker before and uh, and cooked them that way. If, I mean, if you're crazy like me and you think everything uh, is is you know stuff that's good might be better with some smoke on it, <laughs> then yeah, you might want to give that a try. So I've done that before in the past. A little oil, you know, a little salt, and just uh, some really, really, really light smoke until uh, they get nice and crunchy, and I, I thought they were fantastic. My wife thought they were a little weird, but, uh, you know, hey, yeah. uh, I'm on the cutting edge of, of barbecue science. Yes, you are. <laughs> Dr. Hearman's here. Hey, how do you get pumpkin seeds? You take a, do you take a perfectly good pumpkin and just split it open and go get them, or, or is there a better yeah. way? Well, that's the only way I know of. It's basically tearing the uh, tearing the top off of it, getting your hands down in there, and getting all that you know all that stringy gut stuff out, and then you got to separate the seeds. Now you get a uh, you get a ton of seeds out of a, a good sized pumpkin, uh, but yeah, it's a messy job. It's not uh, if you've got kids around the house, though. I can tell you they will uh, love to get filthy tearing all that pumpkin gut out of the pumpkin. At least from my experience, so. Um, that's the only way to do it is to get dirty, get those seeds separated, and then uh, get them roasted up. And does a, a pumpkin give you a lot of seeds, or do you have to have a whole bunch of pumpkins to pull off a no, meal? No. no, you can get a you can get a full. My experience, you can get a full uh, tray, like a like a cookie sheet or a full tray out of a, a good sized pumpkin. There's there's a ton of seeds in there, so you really only don't want to layer them up. So if you're going to roast them, or if you're going to do something crazy like smoke them like me. You want, you know, you want one layer 
or otherwise you're going to have different types of um, texture and cook and the, you, you know you don't want a chewy one and a crunchy one it's just not not as good and matt even though i know you didn't go to texas a&m or lsu or auburn or clemson or one of these other like tennessee land grant ag schools did yes, you sir. know i'm sure i'm not telling you something you don't already know did you know that a pumpkin is essentially a, a type of squash i did i did yeah I, I i'm not just saying that i did know that um and i uh I was thinking earlier, too, when you mentioned pumpkin, I thought about the seeds, but uh, I've cooked uh, squash on the grill as well, which is pretty good. Not quite a pumpkin, but it's the same family, so, you know, it kind of counts. Oh, when I grew up in South Carolina, we grew squash on our plantation there, and we had fried squash. If you haven't had fried squash before, man, that is a delicacy. I have never had fried squash. Yeah. Well... I've had fried zucchini. That's a squash. Right? You just slice it real thin. You, you take a squash, you slice it, you put it in a frying pan, and you fry it. I'm sure it's not necessarily that healthy, but it get crunchy. It gets crunchy. A little, little bit. Really good. Really Man, good. That sounds good. And I'm, good. I'm kind of a snob when it comes to veggies. I, I, I don't like certain veggies, and I love other veggies. But fried squash is right up there. Of course, Matt. Who doesn't like fried okra? Or should I say well, o- okra? <laughs> I love I love fried okra. I think we could probably uh, probably spend twenty minutes talking about different kinds of fried okra. You got the, you got the soft puffy kind. You got the crunchy crunchy outside. I mean, there's there's all kinds of different fried okra. Don't you agree? Yes, Forrest Gump. <laughs> yeah. I'm not ready with the list yet. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we are going to keep talking with Matt Hearmans after the timeout. When we come back, we're going to get him to talk about the state of Texas. We've got some more delicious spots to check out in the Lone Star State when you have barbecue on your mind. And, of course, they they do something in Texas called brisket. We'll talk about that when we come back as we wrap up today's Y'all Show with the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. Clear your calendars because the best time to discover your best hair is here. The Gorgeous Hair Event is back at Ulta Beauty. It's three weeks of daily beauty steals of up to 50% off the most loved brands like Redken, Living Proof, and Dry Bar. Check out deep conditioning masks for a frizz-free fall, flat irons for silky locks that never stop, and color boosters to keep you vibrant all season. But hurry in. The event ends October 20th. Only at Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. Putting a barbecue bow on today's show. This is the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Our number, 803-816-1170. Call or text anytime if you've got a recommendation for the show in general. Or if you have a suggestion for the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Hermans, who's on with us right now for our final segment of today. If you know a good place the barrister should maybe feature on an upcoming Y'all Show just call us, 803-816-1170. You can text that number. You can call. Whatever you need to do, we want to hear from you. 
as we continue on with our conversation. The general and the barrister getting together once again. And barrister, I hope your feelings weren't hurt. Last week on Tuesday, instead of having you, we had someone come on from the TV show on the INSP channel, State Plate, and they talked about that wonderful show that's out there right now, traveling to all kinds of featured locations across the entire country. But they've got five southern states featured right now in the new third season this is a show hosted by taylor hicks of american idol fame and so whenever the call came in they were ready to talk we had to we had to put them on so hopefully your feelings weren't hurt too bad not only were they not hurt john but uh that show when you described it to me i thought it was pretty cool and i went and found it so did you i haven't i haven't uh haven't seen it yet but i did find it on my on my cable box and uh so I'll be checking that out. I love uh, the, the whole travel and food combination. It's just, it, for me, it's like a great excuse to see these little places and kind of get a glimpse of the town and the food. So yeah. I love, that, I love that type of thing. That's, well, that's for fun. one of the things I like, Matt, you may be guilty like I am of having a short attention span. So many shows try to mix in too much in a very short amount of time. And this show, unlike other shows, each episode is specific to a state. So they bounce around, but they bounce around within a state's borders. And so you really get a better feel of a area of a state. Unlike, let's yeah. say, they might do a two-minute feature on a southern place, a barbecue place, but then they'll go to California and do something else. And I love the yeah, attention yeah. that they give. I, I agree. And I, I love those type of shows. I, I am a, kind of a, uh, I'm a fan of, specifically southern regional culture and uh so but yeah you're right sometimes uh you know you'll see a backdrop of the you know the, the city of uh, memphis or something and then they'll be at a restaurant and all of a sudden they're gone and yeah i like i like to be able to kind of pick up a little bit on the feel of the place that they're at that's, that's yeah. what i enjoy about that so i agree and it's a brilliant show because every state yeah they featured five places within the state in each episode, but they've got it set up where they can always go back to that same state and go to another five places. So I, as yeah. I told them, I wish I would have come up with that idea. That's a pretty darn good idea. I love it. All right, Matt, it's a good idea to talk to you here on the y'all show each and every week when we can, except when state plate gets in the way on the INSP. Uh, let's talk now as we love to have you feature some good places for us to have our own state plate and let's talk about the state of Texas. That's the state you've picked out of the y'all basket today to feature. Where are we going and why? Well, I will tell you that there's, we're going to go uh, to a region that nobody really thinks about, which is uh, interesting to me. Uh, we're going to kind of stay in East Texas and we're going to get down to the Houston area, which would be called Southeast Texas. Okay. This is not, uh, we'll hit three places here. The reason I would, I've jumped over to Texas, not because it's my home state. Um, I have other preferences in barbecue that are that, that are not not the style here, but um, there's just multiple regions, and, and most people don't uh, even people inside the state don't really realize it. But you got Central Texas, East Texas, you got South Texas, West Texas, and then North Texas is just kind of a mixture of everything. So 99 times out of 100, uh, when you hear anything about Texas barbecue. Um, you're going to see a guy with a cowboy hat uh, talking about Central Texas barbecue, which is beef, uh, brisket, salt, pepper, garlic, cooked with oak wood, period. That's it. Um, 
occasionally they'll throw some ribs in there uh, as well. But that is that is when people say Texas barbecue, they think salt, pepper, garlic on brisket, cooked with oak wood. Period. And they always talk about no sauce. Blah 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 blah. It's kind of a kind of a meme uh, that I find to be untrue here. But anyway, that's kind of the the, the mascot, if you will, of the state. <laughs> but there are a lot of there are other regions. Uh, you know, the Gulf Coast. Um, and East Texas, I mean, these are very different. These are not salt, pepper, garlic, and oak wood. Um, so I like to explore the other areas uh, of barbecue. We're going to stay in East Texas today. So um, the first place uh, I would I would have you go, and these places, all three of these places are worth, I would say, every place I talk about every week is worth the trip. But these are certainly, if you're ever in East Texas for whatever reason, I'm not sure why you've been in East Texas, but if you are. <laughs> hey, I've been in East are, Texas. It's a nice place. I, I love East Texas. My, my mother's whole side of the family is, is from East Texas. I love it. Tyler, baby. The best part of the state, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, so we'll start in Tyler. You brought it up. We'll start in Tyler, which is the capital of East Texas, which is a sprawling city of about 100,000 people. Um, it really is kind of the focal point for East Texas, but there's a place in, in, in East Texas called, or in uh, Tyler, uh, called Stanley's, uh, Stanley's Barbecue, and uh, this is a, uh, a place, it's one of these old joints that was kind of just an old-fashioned, regular, nothing special type barbecue place uh, that was just sitting there uh, for uh, many, many years, uh, and a new a pitmaster came in who's an East Texas native, his name is Nick Pinson. He, uh, he bought the place about 12 years ago and kind of redid it and updated things. And kind of Instead of just serving the same stuff they had served, he decided to, to try to make it essentially the best barbecue place in East Texas. And I think he might have done that. So it's a pretty cool spot. It's kind of a hole in the wall, but they have live music out on a big old uh, deck out there. They specialize. They sell breakfast sandwiches. They have uh, all kinds of different things. They sell burgers. But I will tell you that uh, the, the specialty there is, in my opinion, is their ribs. They do baby back and spare ribs. They mm. cook with pecan. Uh, they cook with pecan wood, uh, which is it's either pecan or hickory typically throughout East Texas. And we, we talked a little about pecan in Mississippi. I'm a big fan of uh, pecan wood as well. They use pecan. But the difference is here, I mean, the differences are strike. There are stark between, say, Central Texas and East Texas. But it's a thick, it's a thick rub. It is a uh, more complex rub they use. It's very sweet rub, um, as opposed to just kind of putting salt on the meat. And then, of course, the pond wood is very, very, very different than oak. Um, and they cook it a little different. So in Central Texas, for instance, you will cook a rib typically to, say, competition-style doneness, which is where you, you literally bite your teeth through it. It's got a little bit of chew. And, uh, you know, it's not it's not tough, but it's, it's right on the edge. And that's, that's kind of the Central Texas way. East Texas. They like it more tender, um, not falling off the bone, but pretty close. Uh, they do have barbecue sauce, very good. That's another thing about East Texas. People love barbecue sauce. They're not, uh, they're not trying to play around with the idea that meat should never have sauce on it. They, they love the sauce. They like it sweet, spicy. Um, so different uh, flavors, rich, different different flavors different of sauce. Flavors. Okay. Yes, sir. So they'll have a regular sauce, they'll have a spicy sauce, um, and they'll have an extra sweet uh, type of sauce. Um, and you kind of imagine if you've ever been to a place uh, that kind of has those types of sauces, you can kind of imagine what they're like. But he's got a very good barbecue sauce. It goes great with the ribs. I love the way, I love the amount of smoke. Got a nice thick smoke ring. And like I say, that rub he puts on there is sugary and savory. 
um, and it comes out with a nice bark and crust. Some of the best ribs uh, at a place not my backyard that I've had in the state. So um, that place is really worth a the stop. They have pulled pork that's good too. They do. A, they do. In fact, they do a fantastic pork butt. Uh, they also do brisket, of course. Um, but I would I would go there for the ribs. And so that's my that's, that's my Tyler spot. And tell us again the name of the place. It's called Stanley's. Uh, Stanley's and Tyler. If anybody by the chance knows knows Tyler, they'll know exactly where it is, right across from the uh, medical center on Beckham. So. Gotcha. All right, we'll where go. are we going to next? From there, we will head just a little bit east over to Kilgore. And in Kilgore, uh, if anybody knows these texts, they'll know that they're famous for the Kilgore Rangerettes, which is a, uh, oh, yeah. a dance crew, um, a girls' dance crew out of Kilgore Junior College, which is pretty famous. Uh, or has had some famous moments in the past, but there's a place called the uh, the Country Tavern. It's been around for say 40 years or so, and when I say it's in Kilgore, it's really just in the middle of the woods uh, on the way to Kilgore. Uh, but this place is when I said you might want to go to Stanley's for ribs, and they have other things. You you, you only go to the Country Tavern for ribs. That's it. I mean that, that that's what they do. That's what they've always done. There might be something else on the menu, but it doesn't really matter. So they've uh, they've got a more traditional kind of rib, um, whereas the Stanley's rib has is, is got a complex kind of layered uh, rub. Um, the, the, the Country Tavern is more of what you would call kind of a traditionally Southern-style rib, or I would call an East Texas rib, which is hickory smoke um, and a sweet, not complex, but kind of sweet and savory rub, a uh, little bit of spice, but sauce on the side, and it glazes. What they do is they cook it perfectly the way I like it. So it glazes kind of over until you've got this nice bark, but the meat is still right there. You've got the smoke flavor coming through, and you can put the sauce on it too. Their sauce is, is nothing to terribly write home about. Uh, the Country Tavern, it's fine. There's nothing special about it. But the ribs are so nice and sweet and smoky uh, that you probably wouldn't even want sauce. And they sell them by the rack, the half rack. They're all baby backs, and uh, yeah, it's a great place. It's, it's famous, and um, like I say, it's, it's always been good. It's been good for 40 years. It's still good. So yeah. that will uh, that's uh, that's Kilgore, and the last stop I'll make it uh, uh, wrap it up here uh, is in, is outside of Houston in a town called Pearland, and uh, this is what I would call uh, kind of a, a Gulf Coast area, and not necessarily East Texas, but called Killen's Barbecue, um, and it's one of these joints that there's always a line. Uh, you, you gotta, you really got to take a number to get into this place. It's, it's, it's kind of that level stuff. Now, they, um, I will tell you the one thing that I love there is the pork belly. They do a, a whole bone-in pork belly, um, and it is fantastic. If, if you, have you ever had pork belly, John? I have not. Well, it's a, I'd say it's a, um, it can be kind of an acquired taste if you like uh, kind of the rendered down buttery pork fat and meat mixture um, with smoke and a little bit of sweet. Oh, man, it's fantastic. They cook with, uh, with oak and pecan at, at Killen's. They do a great brisket. Uh, they do some, some decent ribs. Uh, but I would go there for the bone-in pork belly. It is really fantastic. You don't see it a lot of times. But, boy, it just melts in your mouth. Uh, it's, it's kind of meat candy. 
you think about a put it this way, think about a burnt end but made out of pork belly, kind of that similar texture where it melts in your mouth and you've got that sweet savory smoke combo that just it's fantastic. Killing's barbecue in Pearland. Get some of that bone in pork belly, it's awesome. Pearland roughly fifteen, twenty minutes from downtown Houston. Does that sound about right? Yes, sir. South on two eighty eight. Okay. Good job. Good job there. Killens is the name of the place. And again, with Matt, he's told us about Stanley's in Tyler, Texas. And then just a little east of Tyler on Interstate 20 is Kilgore, Texas. And there you'll find the Country Tavern with the great ribs that he mentioned there that you can find. And then, of course, in Pearland, Killens Barbecue. So, Matt, I am fueling up the automobile right now and headed <laughs> to Texas. Now, I've got to ask, because for someone who's Texas-challenged like I am, what is the difference, if any, between East Texas and Southeast Texas? Well, it's it's a different area. So uh, uh, I will put it this way. If you look at the map, you would see Houston, and you would say, well, shoot, that's definitely East Texas because it's in the eastern third of the state. But that would be, you'd call that Southeast Texas, and, and the difference is it's basically from Houston over to Beaumont and up just a little bit uh, over to touching Louisiana. And I can't tell you. That, the, that's Southeast Texas. That's Southeast Texas, right. So, so, that, so Orange, Texas is considered Southeast, even though it's bordering yeah. Louisiana. Exactly. It's as far east as you can go. But if you if you told somebody uh, that Orange is in East Texas, they would look at you weird because East Texas doesn't really start until you get about 60 miles north of there. Uh, and okay. I can't. The only thing I can tell you is, is that Southeast Texas um, it's more, it's flat, it's, it's watery, it's swampy. It's, it's more like Louisiana. It looks just like Louisiana. It's got the big oak trees and the moss and stuff like that. And then you get up in East Texas and uh, you got piney woods and, and, and uh, magnolias and stuff like that. So that's the only thing you can kind of tell. You can kind of tell when you're okay. in East Texas versus Southeast. All right. Does that make sense? Well, now, I never knew if there was some kind of dividing line between East and Southeast and you, there is, but it's a north-south dividing line, not a, not not, a, not an east-west type exactly. line. So, so, see here on the y'all show, as we've told people before, Matt, we are here to educate and inform. This is the kind of stuff you don't learn in a book in school, right? The other interesting thing is, too, since we're talking about geography, is uh, when somebody says North Texas, I think you know this. When people say North Texas, that means Dallas-Fort Worth area. That doesn't mean Amarillo. Amarillo is probably 300 miles north of Dallas. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. What is that? The Panhandle? That would be the Panhandle, or yeah, you get down south the Panhandle, that's West Texas. But, uh, uh, yeah, North Texas means DFW. Yeah, yeah. You may not know this, Matt, but you know Texas is a kind of big state. Yeah, it's a it's a confusing deal. Yeah. Also, but yeah. we're not getting confused when it comes to good barbecue and good brisket, and that's all okay. because of Matt Hearman's barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. Thank you for another sensational report, sir. I loved it. I can't wait till the next one. All right. Have a good one. Thank you. Well, that will conclude our Tuesday Y'all Show on the Wednesday program. We've got ACC football to talk about with Jonathan Lifite. And, of course, we'll have country music news and notes from Music Row. And we'll get a report from Precious Harris with her Nashville music line. All that and more on the Wednesday Y'all. Have a good rest of your day. I'm John Rawls signing off. You've been listening to Y'all talk with a southern accent this here is the story of lawrence who always wanted to play pro football his parents supported his love of the game sent him to special camps and then in college 
pro scouts came to a bunch of games where Lawrence was playing the trumpet at halftime. Yeah, Lawrence was never that good at football, gave up by the time he got to college. But he also learned how Geico could save him a lot of money on car insurance, so he switched and saved. So, this here story has a happy ending after all.